Welcome to Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, a luxury interior designer and construction expert. Educated at the New York School of Interior Design and employed by AD Top 100 firms, I have created a niche expertise in managing large-scale construction projects from renovations to new builds over the past three decades. Today, I'm on a mission to instill confidence in designers through this podcast and my online course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Whether you are new to construction management or a seasoned designer like me, I am all about transparency and tactical advice for fellow designers. On this podcast, I share actionable steps, practical tips, real-life examples, and behind-the-scenes tricks that I use while managing construction projects. Not only will they keep them on schedule and on budget, but will give you the confidence to know that these projects will end successfully, protecting your profit as well as leading to a pipeline full of incredible referrals. If you've been searching for support and advice on construction management to grow your skills and confidence so you can avoid the mistakes that I've made in the past, then you're in the right place. Before we get started, I want to thank each of you for being a part of this community. Your listens, subscribes, and reviews are what allows me to make this show great week after week. I've got lots of plans for growing this podcast, and that's enabled by you. Make sure to follow the podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoy this episode, spread the word. Leave a review and tell your interior design friends how much they can learn from this show. I hear a lot of designers overwhelmed with how to price their services for construction management as well as decorating for potential clients. What I want to talk about today is not the actual dollars and cents, but on how to confidently price the value you bring to each and every project. This is a critical piece to the puzzle and hopefully will unwind some of that stress that you all are facing when trying to price your services. I also want to encourage you to listen to the end of this episode for an opportunity to get on a free 20-minute call with me. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. Today is a really important discussion about pricing your services. And like I said in the beginning, we're not going to get into the dollars and cents because it will vary for each and every one of you listening. But the overarching theme I think goes missing is skipping over pricing the value you bring to any project. So today I want to talk about that kind of value. Now, in last week's episode, I talked about how to evaluate the value a project brings to you and your business. And in today's conversation, I want to talk about the value you bring to every project and how that value will be reflected in the ultimate fee structure you come up with to present to the client. So first, we got to go down to the basics. You need to understand the value you bring to a project. Now, you may be saying, oh, yeah, I get it, Renee. I schedule meetings and I attend them. And yes, of course, that is value. But it is something that you need to understand. So what? So what if you make the schedule? So what if you go to these meetings? So what if you can answer a few questions or two along the way? Why does that matter to a client? That is the level of questions you need to be answering for yourself. Now, everyone listening to this episode 
will be at a different place in their career. Some of you are new designers. Your experience is less than others. Therefore, your value will be different than a seasoned professional with decades of experience. That's okay. And that, I think, is what hangs everyone up. They think, well, maybe I should be pricing the same way, or maybe I should be undercutting my prices because I'm new. No, you're thinking about this backwards. You want to price for your value and not focus on the dollars and cents. That will come once you've established the value you bring. So you need to be able to define your value, your worth. Let's start with defining it for yourself. Because unless you believe you're bringing value to a project, you won't be able to explain that and frankly convince a client that you do in fact bring value and they truly do need you to usher them through a very complex construction project with a successful conclusion. So that may make sense to you, but you're thinking, okay, Renee, well, how the hell do I determine my value? Okay, well, it's easier than you think. First, You need to evaluate your skills, your experience, and your unique offerings. This is basically a self-assessment that you need to do so that you understand what you are bringing and therefore can explain it to others and not just clients, by the way. This applies to you explaining it to industry partners that you want to work with. And even though I have done this for decades, I still do a self-assessment periodically to make sure that my rates match my growing portfolio. So seasoned designers listening, you're not off the hook. I really do want everyone to take the time to do this. So what does that mean? Okay, first, yes, we're going to talk about experience. So recent emails from designers are often started out with, hey, I'm self-taught or this is my second career, or fifth career, they're self-deprecating, right? They're automatically putting themselves down because they haven't been formally educated. Now, as a recovering school snob, I can tell you, you do not need to go to school in order to excel at this niche inside of our industry. Now, if you told me in the 2000s that I would be telling any designer listening that that would be the case, I would have told you you were crazy because I did believe that education was the only way to be a true success in the industry. And frankly, I have come to terms with the fact it's not. It's experience. It's trying new things. It's failing, learning from those failures, and growing for the next project. So please, when you email me, and by the way, I love getting emails from you, don't start out with, hey, I'm sorry, but, and trust me, they don't actually use those words, but it's heavily implied in how they apologetically tell me that they're self-taught, or this is a new career for them, or they, quote, don't know much. You know more than you think, or you wouldn't even be sticking your neck out to do this, because mistakes in this part of our industry can be really expensive. And I know you know that, so you need to focus on the fact that you have experience. Maybe it's doing projects in your own home as a client. That has an enormous amount of value because (laughs) you can empathize with living through a construction project. You can appreciate how dealing with contractors can be tricky. You can understand how schedules need to be maintained and more importantly, adhered to so that you stay on track. You also know that surprises can come up and how to work through them. Now, do you understand that that experience 
is the value you will be sharing with your clients. Now, let's say you don't have 20, 30 years of experience. That's okay. Be honest about it. Be transparent about it. But that doesn't negate the fact that you can't successfully manage a construction project from start to finish for a client. That's what you need to get over. I'm going to give you a little tough love. If you don't believe in yourself and the value you bring to a project, how do you expect a client to believe in you or an industry partner for that matter? So it also goes to decision-making and the creative process that transforms a challenging space or even a non-challenging space. These are values that an interior designer alone can bring to a construction project. We are unique in our broader industry because we understand how clients truly live in spaces, what truly will support their needs based solely and specifically on their family dynamics. And we know how to deliver it at an elevated level because of our experience. And so when you're doing the self-assessment, don't just stop with those items. Maybe you have more experience. Maybe you grew up in a construction family. I've heard from lots of designers who have found their way into this side of the business because of their family background. Use that. You have gained value from that. It will be personal to you. But start asking yourself questions. How else do I add value to a project? Maybe you're coming from another industry and you managed a team of 20 in the financial world. Guess what? You might be managing a team of 20 contractors. Very similar skill sets. I'm going to burst your bubble. The only difference between managing a team of 20 contractors versus managing a team of 20 in a financial world is that most contractors aren't looking for promotions or end-of-year bonuses. So they can be a smidge more difficult to motivate, but you already have skills built in that you can then pivot and apply and add to appropriately. So there's so many different ways to evaluate your skills in this area. And that needs to be established first and foremost before you talk about fees. So the next step after you make this list of your values, your skill sets, your experience is knowing how to communicate that value to clients. Now, look, there's going to be different strategies depending on the client that you're sitting in front of at that moment, right? You're not going to pitch the same skills to a dual working family as you would for, say, a stay-at-home mother. A dual working family, you're going to be the go person. You are going to be the on-site every day, managing the schedule, mitigating the problems, and then communicating that back to the clients because neither of them can be there during the day. Now, you have other client who the husband works and the wife stays home. Frankly, it's a whole other set of skills because you're going to have to lean on your interpersonal skills because the wife may or may not be overly involved in the project. And then I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago about how to handle a client that may get a tad bit over-involved. You might want to go listen to that if that's a problem you're having right now. So in other words, you're going to have to reevaluate your skill sets depending on the people you will be pitching to. For a contractor, we've talked about this in the past, you're going to need to pivot to how you are going to add value to him and his team. It won't be the same as if you were speaking to a client. So if this is really new to you, if you are new to the industry and this makes you super anxious, even just listening to me go through a checklist, 
Start writing up some scripts. Don't memorize them. There will be no need, but you need to have certain bullet points ready, set, fire the minute you are given that opportunity. And then crafting the narrative that highlights your distinctive value will be critical if you are going for a job and they're interviewing multiple designers. So basically, you need an elevator pitch. And that can be used not just on clients and industry partners, but with friends and colleagues who may know people who want your services. Now, the next thing you have to be prepared for are questions or pushback, right? That's understandable. Common ones you're going to hear is, well, can I manage this on my own? Or I did a bathroom gut a few years ago and I seem to be fine. You know, that's what the contractor is for. Preparing for and having some responses to these types of questions will be important to not only assuade any concerns a client has, but to show your expertise and your professionalism, knowing that they will be coming no matter what. You just may not know the exact question that they're going to ask, but they tend to come in the range of, can I do it myself? Can't this be done by a contractor? What if I help with you? Can we mitigate that overall fee? And then you are going to have to come up with, again, that short pitch, that short script of why that won't be successful. Now, it may be for seasoned professionals. um, I don't work that way. Really, plain and simple. I, of course, want input from a client, but no, that's not how my business is structured. But you can't end it with a period at the end of that statement. You need to explain to them why. Because if you skip over the why, they are going to be just left with, oh, so she just wants to get more fees. And that's not the answer. And I know it isn't. Now, of course, we do want those fees because the reason your business isn't structured that way is because there is a through line from the design to the implementation. And if you are not a part of the implementation, your design, you know, the one that the client signed off on, can get lost during the translation of a construction project. And frankly, you can write that down and use some form of it because it's true. I have heard some designers split their contracts. And I've mentioned this before. They have a design fee and then they have a management fee. And it's structured as two separate contracts. And more often than not, they were finding their client paid for the design and then never moved forward with the implementation. Guess what happened? Of course, problems came up. That contractor or the client or both would reach out because there'd be an issue. They'd find something in the wall. Something needed to be redesigned. And there were no fees written into a contract to cover that. So that is the kind of explanation you need to be making to your clients as to why they need you from the very beginning through the final inspection and turning over a new space. The other is to build out testimonials from your clients. This could be critical not only to boost your own confidence, but to assure potential clients that you have successful past projects. I am the first to admit I was lazy for years getting client testimonials, and I truly regret that because I have had some fine, beautiful projects in the past that no future client will ever hear 
how valuable I was for that specific client. So I implore you, if you have finished a project, hell, in the last year, go back. Explain, who knows, I've been really busy or I can't believe this fell through the cracks on my end. Would you be so kind as to share your thoughts, your experience using my firm to manage your construction project? Honestly, I have never had a client refuse. I've actually had clients go above and beyond and frankly, surprise me with things that they found valuable. Now, you're not going to ask a client who you don't think you left on good footing with. That would be a waste of everyone's time because that testimonial would never see the light of day, or at least I hope it would never see the light of day. But I know you have clients, it does not matter the size of the project, send you a testimonial. Here's the footnote that I never focused on before. You don't have to use a full testimonial. So if a client sends you a paragraph or two, and not all of it is glowing, you don't use those parts. You pick the compliments that you need, that you are looking for, that will help you move forward with another potential client. So for instance, if you did several projects inside one house, and the client mentions them in different ways, and the potential client only wants you for kitchen, you cherry pick the kitchen compliment from the testimonial you leave the rest off or vice versa. You include all of it when you don't know how big the scope will be. So don't underestimate client testimonials. They are not just for a website. They are to help you create a language that you probably aren't thinking about because you are looking at projects from the designer's point of view. Getting your client's perspective on the help you provided is super enlightening and can be really flattering. Okay, so now we have discussed your value, how to establish the value you bring, how to communicate that value to not only clients, but industry partners, how to create scripts, have mock conversations in the mirror if that's easier, or call up a girlfriend you trust and run it by them and have them be a client and tell them, take no prisoners, call me out when you see a hole in my presentation ask me questions. You may be shocked at the questions you get asked. And if it's a friend, that's even better. You can stutter through a presentation and then have them help you polish it. And really, that's when you start to establish your fees. Now, if you missed the episode that I had two weeks ago with Leslie Myrick, we talked all about establishing fees, whether it's an hourly or a flat fee. Those numbers can only start being built when you have established the value that you are bringing. And like I've been saying, that's going to be a combination of your skills and experience that are specific to you and not to others that you may come into contact with. Because I go into those Facebook groups. I'm in quite a few of them, actually. And I see other designers giving their pricing away, which is fantastic but only if you know the background. And that's always my fear inside these groups, that someone with two years experience is taking tips and pricing strategies from someone with 30 years of experience. Because I never see the follow-up of, oh, gee, this is great. Thank you so much. And I love that designers are willing to share all that, but they really need the footnotes attached as to this is my level of experience. This is my background to make sure that you are on par with them. 
before you start going out. Because the last thing you want to do is price yourself out of decent projects that would be a good fit for you in this moment of your career. So I want to encourage all of you to understand that you add an incredible value to managing a client's construction project. Taking that time to self-assess your current skills, I think will actually surprise you, but it's going to take some creativity because it's not just, I went to design school, check the box. I work for a firm, check the box. It is going to come down to you, what did I do? Whether it's in your own house, whether it's you helped your mother out or your best friend out or your neighbor out whether you've worked in the financial field, whether you worked in another field, any kind of management that you have done, whether it is structured or not, can be applied to what we do. Where designers get hung up is they don't necessarily have the language for a construction project, but the management, the interpersonal skills have incredible value that you just have to apply to the new language, schedule, and scope of construction projects. And if that is the missing piece, the course I built, The Designer's Guide to Construction Management, is the answer because it's a self-guided course that takes you through a construction project, starting with marketing and finishing with a punch list and the ability to use that project to fill the pipeline for more projects. So I want to end with a thought that may not have occurred to you. But this podcast only talks about interior designers managing construction projects. And I've been pretty firm on that. I've been tempted to veer off left or right or talk about decorating, but I really truly want to stay in the lane that I'm most comfortable in and that seems to be lacking in conversations anywhere else. So here's the deal. Do you realize that if you are listening to this podcast, You're already bringing value to your projects. And maybe you haven't connected those dots because the value of these episodes complemented with the resources you can find on my website and ultimately the course is not only how you will create your value, but build on it and become a seasoned designer in way less time than I did it. As I was just talking to a designer who's going to blow your minds in a couple of weeks when we air her episode We really wish we had resources like this when we were starting out in our careers. And yes, that just dated us, but it's true. We had to work in other firms to learn this year after year, project after project, building that skill set. The resources that I'm offering will let you skip a huge learning curve that Ellie and I had to go through on our own. So I asked you all to listen to the very end, and I appreciate those who are still with me. And the reason I wanted you to stay to the end is because I want to offer an opportunity to talk with me. I have done this maybe one one other time, maybe two other times in the last three years. And since this episode is coming one day after my third anniversary of doing this podcast, I want to offer it again. So if you will be so kind as to rate and review this podcast, take a screenshot of it, email it to me. I will send you a link to schedule a free 20-minute call with me at your convenience. These calls have been awesome. Not going to lie. I look forward to them because I never know what I'm going to get into. I never know what questions are coming my way. And inevitably, 
We end as friends. We've solved some problems. And so I want to offer this again. So one last time, all you have to do is whatever platform you're you're listening to this on, rate and review the show, take a screenshot of it and email it to me at renee at deviniedesign.com. And I'll get you set up in my calendar so that we can connect one-on-one with no questions off the table. Until next time, I implore you to take time to do the self-assessment, determine your value, then determine how you're going to pitch it to clients and industry partners, and then start building your fees from there. I guarantee you taking this extra step will leave you so much more confident in the fees that you present and your ability to sell your value. I can't thank you enough for your time today, and I really look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening, and I hope you heard something that you can apply to a project today. If you're ready to increase your construction projects in your business, check out the details on my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. It's a six-part digital course that will save you a three-year learning curve, get you profitable, bring in an income and lifestyle that makes sense for you by learning the top strategies, what works and what doesn't, building your confidence so you're no longer paddling to stay afloat or worse, learning how to manage construction on a client's project. Through the course, I'm handing over 30 years of top strategies and advice. Head to my website, devinyedesign.com, for more details on the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management and become educated and empowered for your next construction project.